Greetings, Casey Lua. I have written a devotion titled The Joy of Faith. I am particularly aware, but also weary of the stresses of the season we find ourselves in. We are bombarded with bad news so consistently that sometimes you wonder if there's any good happening out there. The increasing number of COVID infections and death, as well as the impact on our economy, is worrisome among many other challenges in our society that I would rather not get into here. Yet, it is in times like these that I sense the Holy Spirit inviting us into the joy of the Lord. Joy is one of the hallmarks of the Christian life. Nehemiah 8.10 describes the joy of the Lord as our strength. Joy is fuel for the Christian journey. And just as we carefully monitor the fuel gauge on the dashboards of our vehicles, we need to pay close attention to the joy gauge of our hearts. My testimony, I was raised in a religious family and would go to church regularly. At least the kids had to, but I never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Towards the end of primary school, I heard of a new church that had been opened close to our school community. And for the next couple of Sunday mornings, I listened with envy to their vibrant celebration of God. My friend and I decided to escape from boarding school to attend a church service at this new place. I'd never been among a people so full of hope and joy in my entire life, despite, despite the fact that I'd been a regular church goer. I wanted what they had, and I must say that people in this church did not particularly have much in the nature. I committed my life to Christ at the end of that service. Glory to God. Joy has largely been defined as an emotion evoked by the well-being, success, good fortune, or the prospect of possessing of what one desires, or a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. Biblical joy is much more than that. Paul in Philippians 4, 4 writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. What is particularly interesting is that Paul writes this episode from prison, and yet the word joy and rejoice are mentioned about 16 times in this letter. What was Paul's secret? How could he possibly be encouraging believers to rejoice when he himself was experiencing life-threatening circumstances? In 2 Corinthians 4.17, he writes, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It is interesting that Paul calls his afflictions light. The same Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 33 expounds on what he calls his light afflictions. Stoning, imprisonment, shipwrecks, perils in the wilderness, hunger and thirst, several beatings. And yet he calls these light afflictions. Another peculiar example of joy in trying circumstances from the life of Paul is found in Acts 16, 16 to 40. Paul and Silas are arrested for healing a girl possessed with the spirit of divination. They are beaten and placed in the inner jail. Paul and Silas, rather than complain about the injustice, injustice they suffered, they resort rejoicing in the Lord with singing. You know how that story ends. We see similar examples in the lives of believers in the early church in Acts 5.41, 1 
and Acts 7. Why were these men and women able to stay joyful despite their hardships? Their joy, I am convinced, can be attributed to who and what they believed. Let's start off with who. Biblical joy hinges on a deep delight in the person of Christ and a consequent choice to respond to external circumstances with contentment. Philippians 4.4 gives us the secret. Rejoice in the Lord always. It is in the Lord. If you take the Lord out of the equation of life, then perhaps the command rejoice at all times is a tall order. A joyful Christian is one that is fully satisfied in Christ and in Christ alone. Jonathan Edward writes, the enjoyment of God is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. Fathers and mothers, husbands, wives, children, all the company of earthly friends are but shadows, but God is the substance. These are but scattered beams, but God is the sun. These are but streams, but God is the ocean. Psalm 16:11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Very important. One, uh, one Chronicles 16:27 says, splendor and majesty are found in his presence. Strength and joy are found in his place or in his sanctuary. The more we learn to sit at the feet of our heavenly father and bask in his presence and grow in our intimacy with him, the more joy we will be able to experience and share with our world. What? The other key to a life of joy is holding on to the word of God his promises and testimonies, and counting him faithful to perform his word. Second Corinthians 1.20 states, For all the promises of God in him are ye, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Let us consider some of the key promises, especially for the times we live in. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 I'll be with you no matter what you go through. Isaiah 43, 1-2. I'll be with you till the end of times. Matthew 28, 20. I go back to my father to prepare a place for you. I'll come back and take you to be with me forever. John 14, 3. I'll not leave you as orphans, but I'll send you the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper. John 14, 16 to 18. 15, 26 to 27, and John 16, 7. The church in Acts held on to these promises and lived with eternity, with eternity in mind, and that's why they could rejoice even in the face of death. Paul in Philippians 1, 21 says, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. No wonder Paul and the church in Acts could rejoice in the face of adversity. I am not there but I want to live with such conviction. Psalm 119, verse 111 says, Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. 
The Hebrew, uh, Hebrew root word translated as testimony here means to do again or to repeat. It is important that whenever we turn the pages of the Bible and come across these stories of the powerful acts of God, we remember that these miracles, these acts are now part of our heritage as children of God. God wants to repeat these acts, the releasing from demonic oppression, the multiplying of food, the raising of the dead, the healing of the sick, the restoring of relationships, and so on. He wants to do that very, those very, very, very things that he's done before in our own lives. Hebrews 13.8 says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Acts 10.34, he is no respect of persons. Therefore, whenever we find ourselves in difficult circumstances, our response should be, God's done it before, he will do it again, and then rejoice in advance for the powerful testimony he's weaving through our circumstances. I would also like to challenge us to revisit our own testimonies regularly, to enter into thanksgiving and draw encouragement from the faithfulness of God in our own lives. Psalm 78 is an account of the mighty acts that God performed among the nation of Israel. And sadly, they are continuous rebellion towards him. The reason? The Bible tells us they soon forgot his works and wonder as he had shown them. That is in verse 10 to 11. In cultivating a lifestyle of joy, we must develop the habit of setting up memorials. Those are reminders of what God has done in our lives, and we need to be revisiting them often. Turn off the 10 Spies News Network for a change and instead use that time to count your blessings. Let us um, continually ponder the dreams, the visions, and the calling of God for our lives. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was only able to endure such suffering because his mind was on the assignment for which he had come to earth, to redeem mankind from the clutches of sin and restore us back into relationship with our heavenly father. We were his joy, we were his prize. And in the same way, we can only maintain, we can only maintain joy even in the midst of difficulty when we have our minds set on the dreams and the vision and the calling of God upon our lives. Another key to maintaining joy as believers is to pray in the spirit, or what the Bible says, praying in tongues of 10. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and Jude 1, 20 highlight the importance of doing so. We build up ourselves in our faith whenever we do pray in tongues. And it's also in the same way that we actually can maintain joy joy as a lifestyle come difficulty come good come bad times we can only maintain joy we can only maintain joy if we learn to build up ourselves in faith and we do that by praying in the spirit praying in tongues as often the word longs for an encounter with the living god and one of the powerful, most powerful witnesses the world can have is a believer who remains joyful even in the midst of trials. Remember Paul and Silas in jail. 
Their rejoicing led to salvation for the jailer and his entire family, and who knows how many prisoners. My encounter with a group of joyful believers, who in the nature had no business rejoicing, impacted my decision to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, if ever the world needed the witness and testimony of Christian people, it is at the present time. The world is unhappy, it is distracted and frightened, and what it needs to, is to see stars shining out of the heavens in the midst of the darkness, attracting the world by rebuking the darkness and by giving it light, showing how it too can live that quality of life. Let me say that again. If ever the world needed a witness and testimony of Christian people, it is, at a, it is at the present time. The world is unhappy, it is distracted and frightened, and what it needs to see is stars shining out of the heavens in the midst of the darkness, attracting the world by rebuking that darkness and by giving it light, showing how it too can live that quality of life. As we continue to navigate this season with all its ups and downs, I would like to challenge us to examine our lives and ask, am I a joyful Christian? Does my life infuse others with joy and hope? If I were put, if I were put among a group of distressed people, would I stand out or would I simply fit in? Friends, family, I am not in any way making light of the suffering in this life, not the present trials we might be facing, but rather I am challenging us to pursue a deeper intimacy with the Lord and his word, that no matter how tough life gets, we can still live with hope and rejoice in the Lord always. I hope this brings encouragement to you in this season that we find ourselves in. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are a good, good, good father and that you love us and your love for us has no bound boundaries. It has no end. And we thank you so much that even when we find ourselves in a difficult times, especially as a country in this season, that we know and that we can trust that you are with us, that you've not left us, that you've not forsaken us, oh God. And that you will be with us even to the very, very end of times. But even if our lives will come to an end, God, that we will be instantly translated into, into eternity to be with you forever. And so, Father, we, we choose to stay hopeful. We choose to stay in a place of faith and confidence, oh God, that you are with us, that you're walking with us, oh God, and that you will see us through this difficult season, oh God. We look to you. We look to you as our comforter. We look to you as our helper. We look to you as our protector from COVID. We look to you as our provider, even when the economy around us is crashing. We are looking to you, Father. We are looking to you, Lord. Father, I do pray, even in this season, oh God, that we will not, we will not simply resort into self-preservation mode, oh God, but we'll be seeking, we'll be seeking, Lord, and looking for ways to, to love one another, to build one another, to encourage one another, to be a blessing one, to one another, God. Father, I pray that you open our eyes to the opportunities that may be available 
to be a blessing and to make a difference in our, in, in our community, in our society, in our country, in our world in this season. And now, Lord, I pray that you, the God of hope, will fill us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessings upon blessings, folks. Love.